Hey y'all, Liz Higgins here, and welcome to the Millennial Life Podcast, where my main goal is to share conversations that will inspire you and drive you toward the life and relationship you desire. I'm here to share what I've learned as a licensed therapist and relationship coach specializing in millennial relationships and wellness, as well as transformative conversations with other professionals. Thanks for listening and enjoy today's episode. Hey y'all, today's a little bit different because I am hopping on here and spending today's episode in support of a colleague that has actually been on the podcast before with me. Jack LaFleur is coming back on today to talk a little bit about some of the just really rigid communication and conflict barriers that couples get into. I call this the crunch a lot when I'm working with clients, just that gridlocked inability to communicate effectively why we do that and what we can do differently. And so Jack um, reached out to me because he's actually putting on a workshop next week on Tuesday, July 27th, and he's out in Canada, so 7 p.m. Eastern time. And Today we talk about that workshop that he's doing, and it's not just a pitch for what he's putting on, but we get into the nitty-gritty of how people get stuck in some of these patterns and what that can look like, and really just feeling out who may benefit from this. And so I'm just a f- I'm I'm a full advocate for like supporting colleagues that are out there doing really solid work like this, and I know that what Jack is doing is nothing short of transformative. And it's easy to get caught up in some of the clickbait that you see out there, but I'm telling you, he knows what he's doing and will help walk you through not just why the problem is happening and, you know, how to really identify these problematic areas, but also what you can do differently. It's the learning, it's the tool set, it's cultivating a healthier relationship practice. So Jack and I cover a few different things today, and I hope that you get some benefit, if anything, just out of this conversation today. If you want to know more information about his course coming up next week, you can go to therelationshipsensei.com or check out the links in our show notes. All right, here we go. Hello and welcome to the Millennial Life Podcast. I am excited to be joined again by a guest who has already made a first appearance on the podcast with me, but today I'm joined by Jack LaFleur, psychotherapist and RLT practitioner and transformational facilitator. Hi, Jack. Thanks for being here again. Hi, Liz. Thanks for having me on again. It's great to be here. It is. And for those who are just hearing Jack's voice on the podcast, I want to plug that we did an episode recently called Men Relationships and the Necessary Inner Journey, which I really enjoyed talking with you, Jack, on that episode because we covered a lot of really great and relevant relevant topics around the experience that guys have in relationship. And you really shared a lot with what that work has looked like for you throughout Mm -hmm. your career and your practice, and also brought us into some of your own experience of doing that quote unquote inner work. Um, So that episode really, really brought me 
so much joy and excitement to put out there because I think this is the very stuff that we need to have voices out there about. So for those who haven't listened to that episode, go back. It was episode 33. Highly recommend it. So what are we talking about today, Jack? Well, I believe we're talking about how to master healthy communication uh, in the lives of couples. Yes. And once again, I feel like this is such an incredibly relevant subject for couples, people in relationship, people not in relationship to listen to. And I'm super excited to just hear from you. Why is this topic so important? And why did you want to talk about this on the podcast? Well, yeah, good question. Uh, I would say uh, probably 90% of the couples that I see are coming to me for communication issues, right? And that they suck at it. Um, so <laughs> yeah, that's often what I'm seeing. Uh, couples are saying, you know, we, we want, that's out of the five choices or five things that couples can show up with, communication's got to be one of the top ones. Yes. And so the complaint, the presenting complaint is we suck at communication. What do you really see from your perspective as the therapist? Uh, well, I think so clearly, you know, if, if I were to let people go and just sort of, you know, kind of play out their, the way they normally talk to each other, um, then it, it might get a little heated, might get a little escalated. Um, you know, of course they're kind of trying to be on their best behavior with me in the room, but some, some couples, uh, don't, <laughs> and they just kind of let loose. And so you'll see, you know, you'll see a lot of aggravation. You'll see some, a lot of defensive, just a lot of reactivity, which really doesn't get people anywhere. Mm -hmm. Right. So one of the big things, so what I'm seeing here, you know, uh, what, when I go deeper into people's stories, what tends to be showing up is, so there's a lot of poor modeling. We just don't get you know, great models around communication, right? That just tends to be something that gets passed down. Uh, there's a lot of people who lack skills and strategies, right? They might be, you know, a bloody ass genius, mm -hmm. right? In something else at work. But when it comes to this, right, they're like in kindergarten. Yes, I was just going to say like, that is, that's so true. I see that a lot with couples. Um, people can be incredibly successful, high level. I mean, it, this, nobody is immune to getting into really bad communication patterns with each other. And maybe that's something you can tell us more about, like, why do people get stuck in that kindergarten-esque way of communicating with each other? Well, I think there's a lot of contributing factors to that one is i think we just kind of touched on it is that it, it's not a priority so for some people personal growth is a huge priority right and they will do they will go to any workshop they will read any book they will listen to any podcast right that is out there uh going to inform them and help them be a better listener communicator person in relationship but there's a lot of people who couldn't give a hoot about that until the rubber hits the road, which is then, you know, 
when you and I would see those kinds of people in our offices and be like, help me, help me, help me. I suck at communication and I've never really given it much thought, right? So, yeah, I mean, often this is just, this comes from families where there's a lot of poor modeling, there's a lot of dysfunction, there's just, people just aren't imparting those kinds of skills. So what would you say that like unhealthy looks like? I'm even wondering if you can just kind of reflect on some of the like negative patterns or unhealthy communication styles you experience people having having in your office. Like, what do you see? What do you hear? Well, one of the most common, I would say, is uh, attack, defend. So things, if things have been left for far too long, and there's a lot of resentment and contempt between two people, uh, eventually what happens is that then their communication will resort to these attack, defend, retaliation uh, pattern. So then ends up being two people attacking and two people defending, and there's absolutely no connection <laughs> there at all. So a lot of people can yeah. so yeah forms of attacks like blaming, name calling, judgment, all of those things tend to come out when when the emotions are running high. Yes, and I would say that you mentioned that that trigger word contempt, but I think that I've just learned through um, RLT and you know the the practices that we have as therapists that when people are in that place of just seeing their partner from that contemptuous lens, like. Oh, that's so hard because most of the time, like you you start to not even believe that they're capable of making a healthier change or that they care or that they want a better relationship. And you're, you're just like pissy towards them. And that's kind of what comes out. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, you know, we, RLT refers to this as being CNI triggered, uh, core negative image. So it's like what you say, like your, your partner becomes like the most, the worst, most exaggerated, awful lover person that they, they could, you know, in your eyes. Um, and they often, they can't escape that. And so one, if, when one is acting from that view, from that perception, right, of your partner, uh, it's... It's toxic city, you know. There's, um, there's. It's really hard to get out of that uh, unless, of course, you've been taught how to do it. Yeah. So you're saying that people can be taught to get out of this rut and to make some changes. I know we're going to get to some of that in a little bit, and why you are doing this workshop to make these uh, skills accessible to people out there. But I am. I wanted to ask you a question because I'm thinking about like potential people that might listen to this conversation and a lot of millennials maybe being in the earlier phases of their relationship. And I'm wondering what you would say to those couples who describe like the beginning of their relationship was so low conflict and maybe felt really secure in a lot of ways. And like they, they treated each other well, but then like over time, the communication just seems to break down and like get worse. Is that like a normal process for a couple to go through? Like, what do you, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think that's very common. 
Um, we all know that the beginnings of the relationship are where people are on their best behavior. Uh, being in love is really, you know, we're, we're feeling the best at that point in the relationship. So there's very little of our negative thinking, emotions, and behavior getting in the way of that because we're fully intoxicated with <laughs> all of those wonderful hormones that are going back and forth between partners. And that all lends itself really to a sense of harmony. Right? So har in the harmony stage, everything's great. But then, of course, with time, and again, depending on the couple, right, you could be, it could be six months, it could be a year, it could be two years, where then disharmony starts to come in. Knowledge without love, right? I know a whole lot more about you, and I don't particularly like it. <laughs> and so people then, because they're... The lack of skills, the lack of temperament, the lack of emotional regulation, um, people will stay stuck in disharmony. And then these patterns that we just talked about, right? And that can look, you know, it can get uh, pretty ugly um, unless people will want to then move into repair, which is a more mature stage of relationship, but often. A lot of people won't get that far. They will split up. So that sounds really important to note because you are kind of acknowledging that like these shifts from one phase to the next are natural. They're almost like, um, oh, what is the word I'm trying to say? Well, you're, you're most likely going to shift into them no matter what. Like this is organically the lifespan of a relationship. Harmony, the beginning when we're very clouded by the hormone-induced feels that we have, that strong sense of connection, bonding to the next phase, disharmony, which is really where you probably see a lot of these conflicted couples is that second phase. The knowledge uh, with right? The love with knowledge or the knowledge without love. Mm -hmm. When it's yes. like, I see all of your, I see all the problems with you. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Because at the beginning in the harmony stage, of course, we're all, you know, projecting on the other, right? And so that's where people can become Miss or Mrs. Perfect. And there's nothing wrong with you. All I see is what's, what's right and what's beautiful and what's attractive. Right, of course, and regrettably, of course, that all fades, as we all know, and then we fall into the, the disillusionment of the disharmony phase, where again these patterns can really then take hold, mm -hmm. uh, because we, you know, we get kicked out of Eden, so to speak. So those people who don't have those skills and that kind of maturity, right, will stay stuck there. Um, and yeah, that's where often people will come to me and say, Hey, help SOS, you know, we need help. And we know we're, we know we suck at this and we know, we need, you know, we need help. So. Yeah. Yeah. So acknowledging that you catch a lot of people when they're in that disharmony phase, I I'm curious to ask you, like, what is it about some conversations that make them so difficult for people to have? Like, why do they struggle so much with 
certain conversations or certain topics over others? I would say it's probably because of how much emotion gets brought in, right? How, how emotionally loaded certain subjects are, right? Because some subjects are easier to, to discuss and to, you know, go over and resolve. And then other ones are just, people just get into this gridlock and have a really hard time. Like for, so for some people, finances, right. Is like, that's the big one. Um, but for other people, you know, see so discussing children and parenting seems to be okay. So it really does depend on everybody's history of where the pain points are in people's emotional history and relationship history, right? So, of course, closeness is going to have everybody rub up against their pain points, right, as, as time goes on. And so people don't know how to deal with those pain points, and so they will then react from them. They will act them out, uh, which, of course... Well, it, yeah, it starts and then it perpetuates that same, you know, distancing cycle, right, that a lot of couples get into. Yes, yes. And, oh, that's so helpful to hear you explain because it sounds like there's maybe two pieces here. And and this is where we probably shift into what you're going to share with everybody on your your webinar training. But that difficult conversations, conflict contemptuousness, like whatever it is, that lack of communication, as people complain about, has a lot to do with historical parts of themselves and the emotional loading that is activated and that people don't really have the tools or awareness for how to do something differently, do something from a healthy place. So they're just really reacting, reacting and self-protecting. And I know we could go like this whole other angle of like diving into our nervous systems and like what, you know, the brain science that we have to back up everything that you're saying, but we won't do that today. <laughs> but you can tell us why there is hope here. Cause I think people get so um, defeated and just down, right. About feeling like mm, this, these are the cards I'm dealt with this partner. Our communication sucks. There's no way out but it sounds like you believe something differently and that there is hope. So tell us about that. Absolutely. Um, so as much as some people might see it as, you know, part of their personality, right. That cannot change. Right. I'm, I suck at this and that's it. And that's the way it is. And I just have to accept it. I mean, we know at this point that learning these kinds of skills and strategies and mindset and self-awareness are all things that can be developed. They can be learned, right? And so if there are things that we can, that, that can be learned, right? There is always hope, right? Because it's up to you. It's up to you and I to decide whether or not we want to learn something, take something on and learn uh, how to better, you know, communicate, how to better listen, be more empathetic. So are you saying too that empathy can be learned? Because I think that is a huge thing that you just said. And I've heard so many people push up against that piece. Like you either are an empathetic person or you're not. Like it's in your coding or it's not. 
Yeah. So a lot of people think that because they suck at this, that it's it should be a personality thing. I just wasn't born with the kind of personality that does well with relationships. However, it, it is something, uh, you know, when I tell men this often, uh, they, they feel pretty relieved because it's like, oh, I'm not, I haven't been fated with being somebody who can't do this. I can learn it, right? I can apply myself. I can practice. I can do repetition and I can learn how to modulate my voice, be an active listener, empathy, be empathetic, right? Um, in RLT, we refer, there's a term that called is called remedial empathy, where we are thinking about how is this going to land on the other person, right? Just that simple question alone gets your brain to start tuning in, right, to what's going on over there in your partner, right? So that kind of remedial empathy practiced over and over will build that empathy muscle, uh, which over time, of course, will you actually get much, much better at it. So it really is a practiced skill. Um, it's not something that you are, yeah. it's something that you do. Oh, I love that. I love that. So it's a, it's a real active practice that you cultivate. And it sounds like it, it, it helps you with this cultivation of like an other awareness, like where that might not have been your default, you start to learn ways to be in consideration of how you're going to come off to people, how what you're going to express will land with the other. And that in essence is being relational, which is what we're all about. So what will you be teaching on the webinar that you're doing? And um, is it something that you're offering for couples, for individuals? Yes. Well, it will be offered primarily for couples. Um, however, there will also, I think, be room for individuals, just people who are wanting to acquire relationship skills, right? Because just because one isn't in a couple doesn't mean that other relationships aren't, you know, needing this person to be able to have difficult conversations. So the focus of this webinar is going to be how to know when you need to have this conversation, right? What are the signs, right, that is going on in you that tells you, okay, this, this conversation is way overdue. We've been avoiding it. We've been ignoring it. But so we really need to have it. So people will get you know, indicators, right? Oh, is, is this me, right? Do I, am I somebody who desperately needs to have this conversation and therefore needs to learn the skills? Right. Yeah. And I guess I'm wondering like how, what would be some signs or, or experiences people might be having that would indicate to them they are in that place? Like their past due having some really significant conversation, like because I, I imagine it might be in your brain. It might be something that is just kind of on repeat in your head that you haven't talked about. But like, what would be some indications that people people should attend this webinar and hear what you have to say about this? Yeah, sure. So part of what, what people can pay attention to is, so these are signals that are that is telling you like, okay, this, I'm, I'm probably, we probably need to have this conversation. So there could be eye rolling. Right, you can notice your your 
right? Your partner doing the eye rolling, you could be doing eye rolling yourself, right? When something is being mentioned, um, get being, uh, giving or receiving the silent treatment is also an indicator. That's a big one. Yeah. Anxiety is huge because mm. most people who don't want to have conversations get really anxious when they get close to it. Couples will find themselves maybe complaining to others, to family or friends about their spouse. Another yeah. big one is telling, your, telling yourself that it's fine. Everything's fine when it's not fine. Oh, yeah. I'm so glad you said that one because when you were talking about anxiety, I was thinking, you know, at least for me, I tend to try and downplay my anxiety and like stuff it and just do the whole minimizing thing and telling myself it's fine. It's going to resolve over time. Just leave it. Don't go there. And I I wonder if people relate to that. Um, but But that's one of those indicators really that you sh- you need you need to lean in, right? Exactly. Yeah. So if that's you know if you find yourself saying that to yourself over and over, right, and then if you got this accompanying anxiety that goes with it, then yeah, a good chance mm-hmm. that your relationship or you need to talk to your spouse about something. Depression is also another sign, right? So we can only go so long without having our needs met. And so when that stops happening, needs aren't being met anymore, we, people can get depressed. So that's another sign, a signal of not having the difficult conversation or the important or the necessary conversations that need to be had is you're getting depressed. So that's a big one. Yeah, that is a big one. And as I hear you say more of these indicators that would really tell somebody that it's worth looking at the the essence of their couple communication and the state of their communication, it sounds like the the consequences of not learning these things could be pretty intense. Yes, certainly. Um, and some of the intense ones. So I've got another category here is how do you know you need when Having this conversation is urgent. Like when you need to have had it yesterday. Some of those indicators, one is the presence of fantasizing about leaving. Right? That's also another Mm -hmm. indicator. So watching one's fantasies, right? Well, I wish I had a whole other life. Right can be a way of escaping, you know, having a conversation you need to have. Feeling resentful. That's another big indicator, right? Uh, and also, we, t- we mentioned this earlier, but the, the core negative image, if I'm finding myself perpetually seeing my partner as, you know, at their worst, right? Uh, then I'm going to, that, that becomes its own sort of self-fulfilling loop or cycle right but that could be because there's something that i need to say that i'm not saying or that we need to say and that of course can just start to build up over time yeah and i would imagine that withholding like that over time the the danger zone there is that 
what you're withholding kind of turns into the ammo that you use against your partner to maybe build up more of that fantasy for why they're the problem and you just need to leave and there's something better somewhere else. But it's all kind of, it is all kind of a fantasy because at no point in there have you necessarily leaned in to address like, what are my needs that are not being met here? Yeah, exactly. And going back to an earlier point, I think there's so many people who don't know how to take each other on in a constructive way. Mm. which is why a lot of people avoid uh, a lot of people who consider themselves conflict avoidant right is because they simply don't have those skills they don't have that mindset um, or the experience about being able to make it through those kinds of difficult conversations so what will be some of the skills that you will present to people hopping on the webinar with you so there, there'll be several communicative, being able to get your delivery across in such a way that your partner can hear it, right? There's what's called the inarguable method, uh, which is kind of what I've called it. So the inarguable method is something that people can learn, a set of skills where we actually learn to put ourselves in a place of vulnerability and authenticity, right, which then becomes the inarguable. And when we, when we come from that place, right, which is this learned skill, right, about how to present it, how to modulate my voice, what words I need to use, all of that becomes something I can do very skillfully. Our message comes across much more relationally and much more mindfully. Right? So that's one set of skills. The other set of skills is learning how to listen. Because as you know, Liz, you know, so many people don't listen to understand, they listen to react. No matter how many people I teach how to listen, uh, there's always room right, for that skill to, to get better. Yeah. And I'm so glad that you refer to these things as skills that people can cultivate and really hone in on and practice because I I, I wonder if that's where so many people just feel that uh, hopelessness that, oh my gosh, it's going to be so hard to change anything. Or, or they get hyper-focused on all the things that their partner needs to change. And it sounds like you're coming from this angle of uh, really helping people feel empowered in kind of doing their own part to uh, cultivate these skills and practice them out in their relationship. Yes, yes. And more to the point, it's the, the inarguable method is a stance that one can take. Um, it's a skillful stance, right? Because in order to be able to come with vulnerability, um, be able to speak in such a way that your partner can hear you, to speak to make things better, right, requires all kinds of, you know, self-regulation skills before anything just, you know, comes out of your mouth. We don't, we generally don't teach people how to do that. And so people then are 
you know, in their marriages are having to learn this for the first time, depending on which marriage it is. And yeah, so speaking to make things better is a huge part. And then, you know, being able to take that stance of vulnerability, but authenticity is, yes, you were right, a place of empowerment, right? Because it's not something you can argue with, right? How I feel, what my perception is, uh, all of that is inarguable. So you're not giving your partner any ammunition, right? to load their gun and fire something back over to you because there's been no shot. Yes. Okay. So you are, I love that you're explaining this because it sounds like this is not in any way going to be something that gets couples into probably more of the same, which is the, he said, she said, well, you know, my reality is my truth and yours is, you know, just that mm, power struggle, honestly. So you're, you're honoring what each person is experiencing, the inarguable pieces of their perspective worlds and emotions. And so there's space for that and learning healthier, more effective ways of communicating what they need to get across. Precisely. That's exactly what is going to be all encapsulated in the inarguable method it's a mindset. It's a structure. It's safety based. So all of that, all of that is contained within the inarguable method. So tell us more about when you will be doing this and how people can find you to sign up. And I will say that um, wherever your link is to sign up, we'll have that down in our show notes that people can just easily get over there and find you right away. But but tell us more about when and, and how long is it and all those details. So I've set a date for July 19th. And the webinar will be about 90 minutes. So enough for me to present some material where people can learn and then also obviously give people a chance to uh, ans- ask questions. Awesome. So you want people to kind of bring their, bring their difficult, well, should people like think about this? Like, I'm wondering those that are in those difficult places in their relationship, what if they struggle to have their partners buy in? Like, should they still show up? And is there still space for them to do the webinar? Do you really want to try to, do you have like suggestions on how people can invite a partner that might feel kind of resistant to doing this? Right. Well, one uh, one tactic that I've used in family therapy before that tends to work really well is, well, I'm going, it's not like I'm, I'm going to talk about you, but this is really about you. So you might as well be there, right? My relationship is with you. And so um, it will definitely give us some skills and some tools to kind of, you know, make things more hopeful, right? We both want to feel happier. And so it's 90 minutes out of your time. And of course, change can also happen even if one partner decides, right, that they want to grow, they want to learn some skills, and they can always apply that from their end. Soon, within a couple of weeks or so, there will be, uh, I'm going to be creating a landing page, a place where people are going to be able to, so promoting the event where people will be able to give, uh, put in their email addresses and if they're wanting to register for the webinar.
Yeah, that sounds great. And we'll, like I said, we'll have that link down in the show notes. So what is like one last thing you would say, Jack, if you met somebody, if you met a stranger that was in just a bad, a bad deal with their relational communication, like why should they do this webinar? What would you tell them? You get to be anonymous. So it's easy. Right. The way that the webinar is structured is that you don't have to have your face shown. Right. You can ask questions. So you get to be anonymous. You're also learning skills that are going to keep your system clear from resentments and contempt and anger and all of that. You will be able with these skills and practice be able to turn some of the biggest, most difficult conversations around, which can potentially have a pretty immediate on your relationship. That's awesome. I, I'm excited to learn more about um, what you have to share because I think you've you've shared such wisdom before on this podcast, just in our conversations. And I've been lucky enough to see some of the online um, little, I guess, Facebook lives that you've put out there. And you, you really put such great um, thought and structure and precision into like relaying these skills in a way that people can really like grasp it and take it home and integrate it and practice it. And it, it sounds like what that's what you're trying to do here is, is give people the tools that work to really help improve, yes, their communication, but also like their connection and the depth of their relationship. Yes, the tools that are going to be imparted with this webinar are going to be readily usable. It's going to allow your interactions to slow down, right? Because so many reactive interactions are, are go really, really fast. Things get heated very, very quickly. And so this whole, you know, the inarguable method will really allow people to slow things down enough to be able to, you know, get some good communication going and to be able to use these skills in a way and being able to make it through a difficult conversation. Uh, with that is constructive. Yeah, absolutely. And I just feel like um, people anywhere can really benefit from utilizing these skills. And I think that um, anyone that's listening that's intrigued by this should head on over to Jack's webinar and get registered because this is stuff that you want to learn that will improve the health of your relationships. So is there anything else that you want to share to listeners, Jack, as we wrap up today? Well, this is a unique learning opportunity, right? There's so many people who, you know, who I would hear over the years who would complain like, well, nobody teaches this stuff. Like nobody that's, you can't, you know, they don't teach it in school. So, but with this, here is a unique learning opportunity where you can get some pretty good skills that I think are going to um, take you a long way right, in your relationship. Not only the difficult conversations, but any of the conversations, right? The structure that I'm going to share with you in this webinar is going to be readily, readily usable immediately uh, and something that if you really apply can definitely help turn things around. Yeah, and if that is not hope inducing. I don't know what is. So thank you so much for sharing about this with us and giving us a little snippet of what you're going to be delivering to people on this uh, online webinar. It's super exciting. 
Well, thank you, Liz, for having me on your podcast. I appreciate the opportunity to be able to talk about what I'm offering here. And uh, always, uh, it's always a pleasure talking with you. And uh, yeah, I really appreciate uh, the chance to be able to talk about what my work here. Thanks again for listening to the Millennial Life Podcast. If you like the show, leave us some stars or write a review. If you want to get your hands on more information, relationship skills, or tools, head over to millenniallifecounseling.com and check out my free ebook, The Five Relationship Mistakes You're Making and What to Do About Them. You can also join the mailing list from there and stay in the loop on updates and new episodes.